Hey, and welcome to New Money, a podcast about the rapidly changing landscape of financial technology. Each episode is a short-form discussion about a new investing opportunity or product made available to everyday people like you. Products like Betterment, Wealthfront, Acorns, and even Bitcoin. You've seen these names before, maybe even on a podcast. Well, now you can tune in to New Money to get a quick understanding of whether or not these products are right for you. You can tune in anywhere you listen to podcasts. Just search New Money. Before we start the show, I have a quick financial disclaimer. David Sherry and Mike Albert are the founding partners of the New Money podcast. At the time of this recording, we may or may not own financial interests in the companies or applications which appear on the show. All opinions expressed by this podcast participants are solely their own opinion and do not reflect the opinions of David the Brand LLC and the Mike Albert Co., This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment. We have not considered your specific financial situation nor provided any investment advice in this show. Hey, welcome back guys. Today we are talking about a found money app called Trim. David, tell us about Trim. Yeah, so uh, Trim, like a few other companies entering this space, it really solves a pretty common problem that I think many people who are listening can even relate to. You know, you, you sign up for a type of service. Maybe it's a membership for your gym. Maybe it's Kindle Unlimited. You're going to read a lot of books this year. And then months go by and suddenly it's March or April. And all of a sudden, that service you thought you were going to be using, you're not using so much. And suddenly we see on a bill of ours, maybe four months later, that we'd been paying for the service we hadn't been using for months. Well, Trim seeks to help you with that problem. I think we all have enough services that we're subscribed to these days. It's hard to track all of them. So what Trim does is actually by text message, it notifies you of the different subscriptions that you're signed up to. And you can cancel them in a really simple way. You can just text this application back that you wanna cancel the different services that it surfaced for you, and Trim will actually go cancel them on your behalf. So I think what's really cool about this product is that it brings to light this information that maybe you're not totally aware of. Yes, we should be on top of our finances, but it's easy to let all of these different subscriptions we're signing up you know, for uh, just pass by, and so Trim is really sort of like this friend you can just text. And, you know, I remember personally, and this is pretty interesting, I read some stuff about the company. They had done some data aggregation about which services uh, were most likely to be trimmed by their users. And Planet Fitness was actually the top service that Trim went and canceled for people. And that was my experience. So I, I signed up for Planet Fitness back in Columbus. Then I moved to California. And suddenly I check and you know, lo and behold, I've been paying for Planet Fitness for maybe five or six months and I just had forgotten about it. Um, So I I could totally relate with that experience and I just love that Trim has this simple way for you to see this information. You get it by text. You don't have to look through a statement. Um, But then also a way to cancel. You can just text them back and uh, and let them know that you no longer would like to be a part of that service. So Let's get some more details. Mike, give us your breakdown of the specifics about really how this works. Yeah, so it's very easy to sign up for an account. It's actually like three fields and you're, you've got a, an account created, which I thought is really smart on their part to get through that initial kind of gateway of being signed up. From there, uh, you select the delivery 
preference of your messaging. So you can actually select Facebook Messenger or text, as you already mentioned. Um, from there, you connect your bank and you know they'll start to make recommendations of ways that you could save money. So those are the core features. Uh, they do have some other kind of less advertised features. Uh, there's a feature called lower your bills where, you know, you send them your bills. Um, I assume that's either via email um, and they'll negotiate on your behalf. And it's a good way to save money on subscriptions that maybe others that are paying us a lower rate. Maybe you're paying something that, you know, is higher than it should be. And they'll negotiate that on your behalf. Um, they they claim that users on average save $150 using that feature, which is, is real money. Uh, I definitely try that out. And the way they get compensated for that is they take 33% of your first year's savings. So if they don't make a change, you don't get charged a fee, but you know, they do take some money from that standpoint. Um, they also listed um, a group of vendors that they typically see savings driven from. So they showed like Comcast, AT&T, Time Warner. These are th uh, companies that, you know, we all have some sort of subscription with. So I think it's, uh, they must have some kind of integrated way to kind of go out and check your bill against, you know, what the rest of their users are, are uh, experiencing and, and, you know, be able to use that data to get you better rates. Um, outside of that, they have a couple other features, which are very much less innovative than, than the, uh, the actual texting to save money, but they have a, like a simple savings goal setter app. Um, they have a debt payoff module, and they have a way to kind of track your spending. Um, none of those are really uh, groundbreaking, but it's, you know, additional features within the platform. Um, and the last feature they have, which they're saying is in beta, is peer comparisons where you can actually show, uh, you can actually pull up your, your spending habits versus people that are similar to you. So people with similar age range or, or location, uh, you can compare what you're spending versus versus the rest of the population, which I thought was pretty cool. Hey, David, do you have any uh, usage, uh, usage information that you can share? Yeah, as far as uh, just how I've been using the application or uh, as far as the user, user experience of the app? Yeah, how's your, how's your user experience with it so far? Yeah, so I really like the text message uh, component of the application. I think it's really smart that they do it that way because they're trying to reduce a lot of friction in terms of you actually digging through. Uh, the problem was, uh, I don't think they always perfectly notify you about specific subscriptions. You know, things can get a little bit confused. Let's say you purchase a Kindle book for $14.99, you know, two months in a row, and maybe that's the same price as some type of Kindle plan. Um, you'll get things that are surfaced for you by the text message that might not be uh, actually a subscription. So I've seen a little bit of issues around that, around what's surfaced. I think this is a broader problem that the market, I guess, has seen. Even something like a Mint has trouble categorizing your, your products and your purchases. Um, so I, I like the idea of that text message. At the same time, I also think from a user's perspective, uh, it might not be as simple as just that message. Like you said, with with some of these um, more intensive cancellation processes, uh, let's say you have to actually include some information like your social security, last four digits or something like that. That's also um, not as easy as just sending a text. So generally, I like the concept of surfacing information that a customer hasn't seen uh, in a very simple way just by text message. But at the same time, uh, we know it's an imperfect solution. And I think you know, having some type of more hands-on experience where 
maybe there's a, a quicker live chat or something like that could probably help with a few of the issues you might run into in, uh, in the cancellation process. So yeah, how about, how about you? Is there anything that struck out to you around the experience? So I'm a, I'm a newer user of the app. So uh, I definitely don't have the, the breadth of experience that maybe you have on this. I did, I was kind of turned off by the, uh, the secondary, I would call it secondary uh, onboarding uh, questionnaires. They were asking for like birth date, credit score, where I live, income, things like that. And, you know, for an app like this, like, I just want you to tell me where I can save money. Um, I don't really want to give you any of that sensitive information. I, don't, I didn't really see the use. Um, so wasn't super excited about that. I also wish there was a mobile app, like a, a native mobile app for this, um, which, which I couldn't find. Um, so, you know, overall, I think, you know, for now I'll just let it run and, and kind of see where things go. Um, but did, what do you think about the kind of the big picture? What is, how does this fit into the, the market landscape? Yeah, definitely. So I, I'm not actually super bullish on, on companies like this. I think that the, the idea that you're going to save someone money is actually very appealing and a, and a very strong motivator. Uh, the idea that you can sign up and actually maybe get some, some bills lowered or maybe save some cash on subscriptions you didn't want, like that's a great driver. So I think the acquisition side, it, there's a pretty good opportunity for companies like this to, to move in that market. Um, I would consider this sort of like a third-party cancellation service, essentially. They're going to work on your behalf to assist in the friction that it takes a user to you know, go through the trouble of calling a service or going online and finding the place to cancel. So I like the driver aspect of that a lot. What I don't like so much or what I think is going to be tough for these companies moving forward is I see this value really moving upstream a little bit. So if you're already integrated in maybe like a mobile wallet, uh, we're going to be talking about Apple's new uh, pay and credit card features coming up. I think that some of these same services could be provided at the wallet level. And that makes me pretty concerned for a company like this when they're sort of, I guess, sitting lower down on the stack. So what I'd like to, to sign up for or work with is, is a company that has all this stuff integrated, whereas this is to me sort of like an add-on service that, that might not survive that type of integration. So I guess generally, I, I think their go-to-market and their acquisition and the driver for why somebody should sign up is great. Right now, I think they're in an, a, a good spot. If I was this company, uh, I'd probably be looking for that acquisition uh, to integrate into another service who, who helps people manage their money at like the wallet level. And uh, I, I know I'm getting ahead here because we're about to do an episode on Apple, but they were already starting to visualize your spending habits. And I think it's a really close step uh, to being able to, to provide a different service. Now, the, the text message aspect, I think that is sort of new. I don't see some of the wallets necessarily pursuing that direction. So if you really care about that feature, maybe uh, something like Trim is the place for you to go. Um, the, the other interesting thing, I think market trend-wise, that's pretty interesting that happens when we start seeing a uh, transparency in the market around where our payments are going. As this data comes to light, as we're getting these updates uh, from the bank uh, in a proactive way or from these uh, applications in a proactive way, what's really interesting to me is I actually think as you reduce friction for payments, as you reduce friction for um, signing up for a subscription, it actually makes it easier to buy stuff. The more guarantees that are sort of baked into the buying process, 
the easier it is for you to sign up. So I actually think it's good for the market overall in the sense that if I know I'm about to sign up for this subscription and I can cancel any time, it's going to be easy for me to cancel. I actually think you're more likely to buy sort of in the same way that free returns uh, or free shipping on clothing might uh, grease the wheels for a consumer buying something. So I like the direction this is taking the market because I think for consumers, they're going to be more likely to buy something when they feel comfortable that they can cancel, that they're not going to get overcharged in the long run. Uh, so, so yeah, I'd say not, not super bullish on the company specifically. I think maybe in the short run, uh, I'd say yes. But in the long run, I see this being integrated upstream into a wallet. Um, so yeah, well, is this something you're going to continue to use? You know, for me, I, I stay pretty, pretty well on top of my subscriptions. It, I think it's something that, um, with my background being a fractional CFO, it's something I always keep an eye on and don't let those things hang out too much. So I'll probably just let it run with the information that it has right now. Uh, I actually connected it to my business operating account. So <clears throat> we'll just let it run. And, um, I don't really have a lot of, uh, high hopes that it's going to find me something that I didn't know was there anyways. But uh, for now, I'll just let it run and let it, let it do its thing. Yeah. Yet, yet another uh, financial app that maybe you download, it's going to benefit you for a little bit and then maybe you have to let it uh, retire and, and give it that X mark on, on your iPhone. So that's it for uh, today. We'll be back again with another episode uh, here shortly. Thanks.